Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> yes, Lord, you always remain. Hallelujah. Give you praise, Jesus. Give you praise, Jesus. I'm going to probably condense my word down. It's already basically been preached since prayer. <laughs> In demonstration. Because the title of it is Limit. Limit. That's it, Benny. There is no limit when it comes to God. No limit. No limit, Tommy. No limit when it comes to God. We saw this morning in the 9 o'clock, 9.30 prayer. I think it was Sister Julie that made the statement, this is the day the Lord has made. And when she, when she said that, I saw it so clear that I've never seen before. It's like, if you want to stay, you're welcome to stay. Or if you want to go back to your seat, whatever you want to do. I saw it so clear when she said, this is the day that the Lord has made. What I actually saw was like a, just a stop in time. I don't, I don't know how to explain it any other way. It's like if God didn't say tomorrow be, that would be the end of everything. It would just all be over. This is the day the Lord has made. And because he is God, he is supernatural, when he made the day, he has supernatural expectations for that day. <clears throat> he didn't make that day just so we could revolve around the sun one more time. He made that day. When we say this is the day the Lord has made, he made that day so that he could show himself strong in somebody. 
One more time. Limits. The definition of limits is a restriction, a point something does not pass, something that's bound, restrains, or confines. That's what limits are. Y'all may be wondering, and Tommy may be wondering why I had him sit up here. I've had people sit up here before when God tells me to. It breaks stuff. You may not feel it right now, but I can tell you right now, sitting up here will break some stuff off of you. carrying him past the limit. It's carrying him past a limit. Let's go to 1 Samuel 16, 3. We're not in a big hurry today, are we? First <laughs> Samuel 16, 3. This is where Samuel was sent by God to anoint David to be king. I'll show you some limits here. Samuel told Jesse, which is David's father, to come to the sacrifice. I'll just tell you the story. Jesse came to the sacrifice and brought seven of his sons. He had eight. He left David in the field. He brought all of them but David. He didn't consider David to be worthy to stand before the prophet, I guess. The prophet called for Jesse says come to the sacrifice and he brought himself and seven of his sons and it says in verse 5 and he said peaceably I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice and he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice he called seven of them to the sacrifice because that was all that Jesse brought. Let's go down to verse 6. And this is, this is Samuel looking at it. And it says, it came to pass when he looked on Elab. I don't know if that's the right pronunciation or not. He said, this is Samuel. He looked at him and said, surely the Lord's anointed is before me. But then in verse 7, but the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance nor the height of his stature, because I have refused him. So don't look at how he looks. Don't look at his outward appearance. Don't, make, don't look at him and say, oh, he should be king because he's six and a half feet tall, 250 pounds of muscle, he should be king. 
You know, that's how, that's how we do. That's how we do. <laughs> but the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance. He says, I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man sees. For man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And then Jesse called another one of his sons. And he kept calling until he run out. And then down in verse, let me see where it is. And Samuel said unto Jesse, are, all, are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he comes. The youngest one. I think it's interesting, it says he was keeping the sheep. Hmm. Jesse's father did not consider him to be eligible. So we just leave you in the field. The prophet come to town, you just stay in the field. We're going to go see the prophet. But God didn't see that way. And we know the rest of it. He anointed David to be king. The thing is, he anointed him to be king and sent him back to the field. <laughs> sent him back. Let's flip over to still in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 25. This is the story where David of David and Goliath. It says, and the men of Israel said, have you seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up. And then let's go on down to verse 28. And Elab, his eldest brother, David's eldest brother again, the one that God said, he's not the one. His eldest brother heard when he spake, when David spake unto the men, and Elab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why comest thou hither? And why, and with whom hast thou left the sheep with in the wilderness? I know thy pride and thy naughtiness of heart. Elab, David's elder brother, that Samuel said, No, he's not the one, was mad at David. Because David was the one. And he accused David of being prideful and being naughty when he wasn't. He was trying to put limits on him. His daddy put limits on him. You're not qualified to go stand to see the prophet. His daddy put limits on him. His own brother put limits on him. Tried to. But then, but verse, in verse 29 and 30, it says, And David said, What have I now done? Is there not a cause? And he turned from him toward another. 
David did not allow his brother to stop him. David didn't allow him to put a limit on him. David didn't allow it. He turned away from him and pursued. Can I tell you, when God chooses to use you, everyone is not going to be happy, happy, happy. You know, as the duck commander says, happy, happy, happy. Everyone is not going to be happy, happy, happy that God says, I want to use you, Pastor Tim. I want to use you, Brother Allen, Prophet Allen. Your family is going to be like Elam. Why him? Why not me? I'm the oldest. They're not going to be happy. Then the, going into the story, we read where Saul put his armor on David. David took it off. See, Saul tried to limit David by putting on what he trusted in upon him. Saul trusted in his armor, so he's going to put it on David. David, no, this don't fit. This don't fit me. See, Saul's armor represented Saul's strength in what he put his trust in. That's what it represented. It says, I trust in this, so here, you wear it. You ever had people do that? Done it to myself. said you put you have on Saul's armor <laughs> hmm. I was doing it in my own strength hallelujah skip down to verse 45 it says then said David to the Philistine thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear with a shield but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. I'll show you something right there. Back up in verse, let me find it, verse, hmm, that's right over there in verse 25. The men of Israel said, Have you seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel he has come up. That's what they said. David said he's come up to defy God. David's perspective was totally different. <laughs> it wasn't that he come up to defy me. He come up to defy my God. That's the difference right there. That's where David's eyes were. That's why there was no limit on David. That's why David could face a man, what, seven feet plus tall. I mean, a massive man. He faced him with a sling and stone. It's because his eyes were on God, not on a limit. His view was totally different from everyone else. 
See, his daddy and his own brothers tried to put limits on him. Let's go to Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4. It says, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest out from the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. You would think that when you hear God say something like that, you, you would be excited. You would be jumping up and down. God just spoke to me that I am going to be a prophet to the nations. But what did Jeremiah say? Verse, verse 6. Then said I, Oh, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. Jeremiah put limits on himself even after God spoke to him. God spoke and said, I'm going to do this. And Jeremiah said, oh, no, God, you can't do that. Can you imagine? He told God he couldn't do it. <laughs> he told God, he told God, no, you can't do this with me. I am just a child. God's response but the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child. For thou shalt go to all that I send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces. Be not afraid of their faces. Be not afraid of their anger. See, David's older brother was angry against him. But David, it didn't bother him one bit. He turned and went the other direction. He went on about his task. Also be not afraid of their faces. Be not afraid of their mouth. What they're going to say about you. What your mama says about you. What your daddy says about you. This, we'll just get real. Most of our parents, they meant well. Some of them. You can't say all of them did. They meant well, but they would say things that would, they would think that's going to encourage us, but it actually tears us down. It actually puts limits on us. That's all from the enemy working to put limits. He said, told Jeremiah, don't be afraid of their mouth. Don't let them persuade you from what God said. Because when God calls you to do something, that's, you'll find out who your friends are. If they push you and encourage you to go on, they're from God. They try to pull you down and tell you, oh, I don't think you can do that. I don't think that you should do that. Uh, you need to do this. 
put your fingers in your ears so those words don't get in. Because they're putting limits on you. Verse 9, the Lord said, Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations. Told him, says, I have put, I set you over the nations. Let's go to, go to Exodus chapter 4. Verse 10. You know, all of these examples I'm giving you are mighty men in the Bible. <laughs> if that helps you any. This is Moses. And here Moses is. God's son spoke to him too. Told him what he wants him to do. And then here comes Moses. And Moses said unto the Lord, O Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, <laughs> whatever that word means, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. That's what Moses said. God said, I want you to do this. I want you to go stand before Pharaoh. The thing is, Moses was raised in Pharaoh's house. He was raised in Pharaoh's house. He went to Pharaoh's schools. He was taught by Pharaoh's teachers. And then he's going to tell God, I can't speak, God. He's been trained <laughs> by the best ones of the day. But then he's going to tell God, no, God, I can't speak. He put limits on himself. How did the Lord respond to that? Verse 11, and the Lord said unto him, who has made man's tongue? Who made that tongue in your mouth? <laughs> That's what he asked Moses. Who put that tongue in your mouth? Pharaoh didn't do it. I did. God did. See, God doesn't make mistakes. God never makes a mistake. We got to realize that if God call, when God calls you to do something, He did not make a mistake, and He has no limits. Limits come in all kind of forms. Let's look at Philippians 3, 8. Philippians chapter 3, verse 8. This is the story about Paul. Where Paul... Paul's telling about who he is. He says in verse 5, says he was circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of heroes, Hebrews, and as touching the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law blameless. 
But what things were gained to me, those I count loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless I count them all. I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung as I may win Christ. What did he count as loss? His education. He counted everything that he had been taught by the religious people of the day as dung. He counted it as loss. He said it is worthless. It was a limit to him. His education limited him. That's why God had to confront it. In Acts 9, 3 through 5, Jesus asked Paul, says, Why are you persecuting me? I am Jesus. He challenged Paul's knowledge. He challenged his education because it was limiting him from seeing Jesus. So what we think we know can be our limit. What we think we know can be our limit. If we think God is going to do something one way, and that's the only way we're looking at something to take place, we are putting a limit on God. We do that a lot. I've done that a lot. Pray for God to bless me, and, and I'm waiting and waiting and waiting because I think it's fixing to come this way. And guess what? It didn't come that way. As a matter of fact, we come back from the conference many years ago, and God spoke to me clearly at the conference, Dr. Marcelo conference, that on this, by this day, I am going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. I've been, I was looking for that blessing from everybody. Oh, here comes Brother Ernie. Wonderful, Brother Ernie. Oh, here comes Pastor Tim. Wonder if Brother Pastor Tim's going to bless me. Oh, here comes Brother Allen. Maybe Brother Allen's going to bless me. He hears God. The other two hear God, too. I was working the night shift. I remember what I was working. And I knew by 12 o'clock midnight... What's the cutoff day? Because God said, I'm going to bless you by this time. I'm out there at the mill sitting on my machine there running my machine, and I'm talking to God. These folks out here don't even go to church, God. <laughs> there's no, yeah, like Pastor Dan said, there's no chance in here. I'm sitting there talking to God. I know I heard you. So I don't know what you're fixing to do. I think it was like 11.58. God give me a revelation. He blessed me with a revelation.
So his word came true. But I didn't turn it loose. I was still, okay, God, I don't know what you're fixing to do. And I'm counting the minutes down. I'm looking at my watch. 11.58. He spoke a revelation into my spirit. Hallelujah. See, we can't limit God. I could have quit listening and said, okay, God, this ain't happening. And just went on and quit talking to him and quit listening. And I'd have put a limit on him and I'd have never heard him speak. In Revelation 19.6, the last part of that says, For the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Omnipotent. It was in that our uh, youth choir, the Voices of Praise, one of the songs they were singing that was in there. Omnipotent means having unlimited power, able to do anything. That's the God that we serve. Unlimited power. My brain cannot even comprehend unlimited power. I know what it means, but I really can't grasp it. Because I can't, can't comprehend unlimited. That word is just, I can't grasp it. Mark, no, Matthew 19, 26 says, For with God all things are possible. Luke 1, 37, with God nothing shall be impossible. Psalms 147, verse 5, God's understanding is infinite. <laughs> it has no limits to his understanding. That's why anything that we're going through, God understands. There is nothing he does not understand. Not a single thing. Just tell you. What we have or what we don't have is not an issue with God. Did y'all grab that? What we have or don't have is not an issue with him. If we're highly educated, that's not an issue. If we're not educated at all, that's not an issue either. If we have talent, that's not an issue. If we don't have any talent, that's not an issue. Our ability or the lack of ability does not concern him. It does not concern him one bit because he has no limits. You know, we know the story of the five loaves and the two fish. You know, Jesus didn't speak to his disciples and say, when, the, when he asked them, what do we have? And they said, we have five loaves and two fish. Jesus didn't turn to them and say, well, you know, if we had six loaves and three fish, I could work with that. If we had one more loaf and one more fish to add to it, 
we could do something. Jesus didn't say that. <laughs> what he was doing was he was testing the limits of his disciples. They said, we got five loaves and two fish. We can go to town and we can buy food for all this crowd. You know they had some inflections in their voice. We can buy food for all this crowd. And then by the time we, and we're going to spend this much money on it. And by the time we get back, it's going to be dark. Jesus was testing their limit. Seeing what they put their trust in. And then he showed them a limitless God. Because it wouldn't have mattered if they'd have had one loaf and one fish. That's, that wasn't the issue. The issue was what they trusted. See, God wants what has us. He wants our limit. He wants our limit. He wants what keeps us from going forward with him. He wants our limit. He wants what holds us back. I personally like to get people out of their comfort zone. But it's for a purpose. It's always for a purpose. And the reason I love it so much is because I was pulled out of mine. And I've seen what it does. I was challenged out of my limit. And when I was challenged, I took the step. And I see what happens when you do that. That's why it's, it excites me to pull somebody out of their comfort zone, to pull on them, and they say, yes. It excited me when I went back there to Tommy. You just don't know. <laughs> and said, would you come sit on the platform with me? And he, he didn't hesitate. Yes, I'll come up there. That, ex that, that excites me because I know things break, things change. See, when God asks us to sing, when he asks us to preach, when he asks us to teach, whatever he asks us to do, what he's ask, actually asking is, I want your limit. I want your limit. I want you to not trust in that. I want you to trust in me. That's what he's asking for. He's asking for our excuses. When we come up with Apostle Aline, she was building God an army. I've never been in the service, but some of you have. My daddy had. 
has. And I remember him telling the story that they, uh, they would all be lined up in a row. And their drill sergeant would come by and says, I need volunteers. I need you, and I need you. You just volunteered without saying a word. That's kind of how Apostle Aline brought us up. Share a revelation with her, which I did. First thing that come out of her mouth is, you want to preach that? You want to share that next Wednesday night? And I agreed. I said, yes. So I know getting outside, I know what it does when we push past our limits. So I'm just asking you right now, what limit has someone in your family put on you? Just ask God to show you. What limit has someone in my family put on me? You're not qualified. You're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not handsome enough. Whatever it is. Just ask him, what has my family put on me? What have I put on my own self? What limit have I put on me? Hallelujah. What excuse do I use when I'm asked to do something? When God wants me to do something, what excuse do I pull up? That's what he's wanting today. If you see a limit and you want to push past it, you want to deal with it, I invite you to come. Second Corinthians 12, 9, God said that God's strength is made perfect or complete in weakness. If I'm willing to lay it down, God will show up in it. He has every time for me. So if you've got a limit you want to push past, I invite you to come. And we'll pray for you. We'll help you push past that limit. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Hallelujah. I guess we all don't have any limits this morning. What if I ask you to preach next Sunday? <laughs> what if God says, I want you to sing a special? I know we all got some limits. Like Pastor Dennis said, what if God says, witness to your neighbor? That's a big deal right there. I had to, we had to break some stuff off. Well, it broke off in the process. We had a, 
outreach there for a while where we would meet up here on Tuesdays evenings and then we would divide up and go, go to different places go to Walmart Atwoods different places Berkshire's and just go in and walk around and wait and see who God says speak talk to you talking about breaking some stuff off of you yeah break some stuff off had to push past some because that was that was a limit God told me one time we was at the conference says sow your house payment into the offering limit that was a big limit that was a massive limit I told my wife took me three months to get up the courage to do that I knew God spoke but I, I was it was living paycheck to paycheck but I knew God spoke it and she'd asked me every once in a while she didn't put no pressure but she did encourage me have you have you did that yet no. Week go by. Have you did that yet? No. Three months. <laughs> Finally, it's like, okay, God. Whatever happens, happens. Sold my house payment into that ministry. Also made my house payment. And I can't tell you how. I've actually looked back before. Okay, God, how did this happen? And I cannot, I could not figure it out. Yeah, it was bill money. And I still had the bill money in there after I spent the bill money. Explain that. I can't explain it. So we put limits on God. Hallelujah. So I'm going to ask, you can come pray. I saw it this morning. You put the song on Minister Rhonda. This even got dealt with in prayer this morning. Limits being broken off of a person. You know, we can even not apply for a job because we don't think we're qualified. I'll give y'all an example. I'll give y'all an example in the opposite direction. My son, and I've told y'all before, but I'll tell you again. My son is a teacher at the UAM school out here in North Crossett at the college he does not have a college degree explain that <laughs> teach at a college without a college degree 
Hallelujah. God is limitless. And I don't even really understand what that means. But he is limitless. Hallelujah. We just give you praise, Jesus. We give you praise. When we serve, when you serve a supernatural God, there should be an expectation that the supernatural manifests in your life. The only thing that keeps it from manifesting is a limit. Something we have put on ourselves or on him. Hallelujah. We give you praise, Jesus. We give you praise. <coughs> you know the first time God told me to raise my hand? We wasn't even in this church. But God began to put it in me to begin to just lift my hands before him. You know, one hand, both hands couldn't go up at the same time. There was a connection in my bones. I could get one up, but when one went up, the other one had to come down. Literally, I'm serious. That's where I come from. Until now, begin to let God break those limits off. I can put both hands up at the same time. I can wave a flag. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed in Jesus' name.